The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Thomas Place. He's the CEO of Utilize, which is a company that helps you save money on your utility bills. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Thank you. Very, uh, very happy to be here. Let's start with your background a little bit, uh, leading into this formation of this company to help people save money on the utility bills. So give a little bit of your background. Yeah, sure, no problem. So both myself and my co-founder, Kevin Manley, uh, we are uh, technologists that have worked in financial services, and we have kind of 30 years' experience between the two of us. And we're also both homeowners. Uh, you know, I live in New York, and, and my co-founder, Kevin, is in Connecticut. And so, uh, you know, we both live in states that allow you to choose your electricity uh, provider. And we both realized kind of the pitfalls of, of doing that. And we looked at the efficiency of this market and the fact that it is somewhat stacked towards uh, the suppliers and really kind of made it difficult uh, for people to save money. And it's not an efficient market. And we said, OK, with our experience kind of in a highly efficient market working on Wall Street, you know, how can we... Um, you know, how can we make this work better? How can we uh, form a company that really kind of makes this market seamless and efficient and work for all participants within it? And um, ultimately, you know, it's Kevin's idea that to come up with the, the company Utilize, um, and uh, you know, that's kind of how the idea was born. So behind all this is the formation of so-called ESCOs, electricity supply companies, which is Correct. part of deregulation. This is both electricity and natural gas. Is that correct? So just tell a little bit about the, the history of how deregulation happened and right. how it's spreading across the country. Yeah, so, so approximately kind of 15 years ago uh, is really when deregulation kind of took off. Um, and it's the process of trying to promote competition and break the monopolies within the electricity and the gas uh, utility suppliers. Um, historically, you know, you had your uh, utility company that provided you uh, the electricity that you used, they also ran the transmission, they owned the wires, they billed you, they ran the meters, and they really did everything. Um, you know, the problem with this is that, you know, again, there was no competition, there was no choice uh, from who you buy from, and they effectively had a monopoly on the utility area. Um, so the states uh, kind of realized that, you know, the, if we deregulated this to allow kind of third parties to come in, um, and provide kind of competition on pricing, um, ultimately it would help people save money. Um, you know, there's, there's various steps within the, the kind of power, electricity and gas life cycle. Obviously you have the generation, um, you have the electricity purchasing, then the transmission and billing, and then ultimately you, the homeowner or the business owner. Um, and so, you know, by allowing different people to compete for your business, um, you know, the, the idea was that it would help people save money um, well, by, by, by allowing the, the choice. Now, it's funny that you mentioned electricity and gas. Um, it's, there's been 16 states or 15 states in Washington, D.C. that have gone through that are currently allowing a kind of utility supplier choice. But it really, within those 16 kind of states and territory, um, it kind of varies state by state, whether it's kind of electricity or electricity and gas. Um, but again, Utilize was formed to say, okay, um, you know, how can we help people actually achieve the goal because um, what, they've, what the, the states have found over the last 10 to 15 years is that even by providing choice, there's been a lot of kind of bad actors within this market that bring people in on kind of low rate teasers. Uh, and I'm sure everybody has knows somebody who has kind of switch, tried to switch to save money and has ended up actually not saving money um, and actually has ended up, you know, spending more because they've gone on to what they think is a great low rate. And, you know, they, you know, the industry has a term for these people. It's called going to sleep. They want you to buy that product and they want you to forget about them um, because you're still paying your bill to your utility. You're not paying your bill to these people directly. 
And, you know, then they raise the rates on you. And ultimately, you look back, you know, a year, two years later, and you actually, uh, you know, you've actually spent more than you needed to. So how does Utilize prevent that from happening? So Utilize is the only company in the country that does this. So we offer a service. We're not a power company ourselves. We're not an ESCO, uh, an energy supply company. Um, what we are is a service that actually shops for electricity for you um, and puts you onto a great low rate um, and a great, we find the right plan for you, be it you're a residential or a, a commercial customer. Uh, we work with all suppliers. We're not, you know, we, we, we don't preference one supplier over another. Um, for our mass market business, we're, purely, we're a purely subscription-based business. We don't take any commission, um, which really maintains our impartiality. And, um, you know, it, we, we go and find our customers a great plan. We monitor their plan whilst they, they you know, during its duration, um, based on kind of the market movement, pricing movement, or when their plan is coming up for expiry, we'll actually reshop for them and we'll move them as needed in order to make sure that they save money relative to their standard service. And, you know, above and beyond that, we actually guarantee it. We actually guarantee that we will save our customers the, the value of their subscription or we will give them a, you know, we'll refund the difference. So um, there's really no downside to us, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, we, we kind of guarantee that, that the savings that we will provide to people, um, you know, in order to kind of give them assurance that we are kind of the, the, the right player in this market to help them. So you're in effect a broker brokering different ESCOs. You're not an ESCO yourself. You're finding the best ESCO for somebody in their particular situation. And then if their rates rise, you can switch them to another ESCO. Is that the way it works? That's, yeah, those, that's absolutely the right way to think about it. Um, what makes us different is a couple of things. As I said before, we're zero commission. Um, because the example I often use is, you know, a lot of people use insurance brokers. And, um, you know, you could go to MetLife or the Hartford or whoever um, your, uh, you know, whoever your, your, your insurance provider are and get, you know, quotes for a life insurance policy. But most people would use brokers to do that for them. However, those brokers are typically paid on commission. So you never really know, is the plan that I've got the right plan for me or is it the plan that my broker sold me because they effectively got a better commission? We do away with all of that. We basically say zero commission. Uh, for our mass market business, we purely make the subscription fee from our customers, which is transparent, it's billed annually, and it's upfront. Um, and so that way we maintain our impartiality. But what is the subscription? What is the range of subscription fees? So the range of fees, um, you know, it, it's, it's very competitive. We, we start for a residential uh, account, so a typical homeowner or somebody in an apartment that pays the, uh, anyone who pays their electricity bill for their residence. And that really starts at $2.99 a month, which is billed at, you know, $36 for the year. Um, and then as you go into the, the, the commercial side, we typically bill, uh, we have kind of uh, two price bands based on the usage uh, of the commercial. So typically, you know, we, this can be anywhere from $4.99 a month to $9.99 a month. But again, that's based on their power usage, so um, we don't, uh, you know, again, we guarantee the savings, so in terms of the, the higher price point, you know, it just means that we're more confident we're going to be able to save them at least that, uh, because, you know, otherwise we would, uh, we would credit their account. And what we're seeing so far, you know, we have several hundred accounts now in Connecticut and New York, and what we're seeing so far is the average homeowner is saving or projected to save over $180 a year. So for a $36 subscription fee, um, you know, $180 uh, savings, I think, is something that, that, you know, most people are very comfortable and very excited when they see. Do you have to, does the customer have to enter into a long-term contract with the escrow, or is it on a month-by-month -month basis? Say an escrow starts off well and then raises its rate, you can switch them to another one without penalty, or how does that work? So, again, there, this is one of the pitfalls of the market, uh, one of the things that we're trying to help with, because a lot of times customers don't know that, because a customer shopping for themselves may enter into a, a longer-term contract with a high, you know, what they call ETF or early termination fee. That means they're really locked into that contract for the duration, and they, they, you know, if the rates, uh, particularly if they sign up with that contract, say, over the wintertime when, when rates are typically higher, um, you know, they may end up paying um, over the course of the year actually more than they needed to. Uh, what we do is we try and find the right duration uh, plan based on what we predict the market's going to do. So right now we're looking at trying to get people onto sort of six-month plans 
four to six month plans to get them over kind of the winter hump, uh, as it were. But um, you know, typically the uh, the plans are anywhere between kind of three months uh, and kind of nine, twelve month plans. We typically kind of our sweet spot is kind of a three to six month, and we try and find plans without an early termination fee, so that we can uh, you know if if the market was to move, if new rates were to come out that you know were lower, or you know a great plan was to come out that was lower, we could effectively move the customer at a zero or a, a, a very kind of low-cost charge to get out of the contract that they're in. So at the moment, you're just doing New York and Connecticut, but are you going to be expanding nationwide, and what's the time frame for that? Absolutely. I mean, as I said before, it's kind of 16, uh, 15 states and Washington, D.C., kind of 16 areas that um, allow uh, supplier switching. Um, our plan is to go into all of them. Um, so we're currently in Connecticut and New York, um, and we're looking to move across kind of New England and the Northeast Corridor, um, you know, by kind of the end of the first quarter, 2017. Um, and then, you know, the remaining items, the remaining states, kind of Ohio and Texas, uh, you know, will probably be after that. But uh, again, our product that we've built, as I said, utilizes really a technology company at its core. Our product will work anywhere. It's just a matter of us negotiating with the uh, the various regulators uh, and getting the appropriate licensing in place for us to move into those uh, into those states. Will there be more states than sixteen ultimately to offer competition? <laughs> well, we hope so, right? I mean, there's a general kind of macro world trend of people moving in this direction, right? It, it typically makes sense. Um, you know, people. Uh, you know, the, the the only times when this deregulation hasn't worked is when either the the rules have been written incorrectly. Um, but ultimately, you know, for, for example, Nevada just uh, recently voted to move towards deregulation. So that would be the 16th state uh, to do so. And again, internationally, uh, there's also a move in this direction in kind of Canada and Japan and a lot of Europe. Um, so, I, you know, we, I see that continuing. I think that it makes sense for, for customers. It makes sense for uh, kind of state governments to kind of move in this direction in order to, to, to kind of provide value to their to their residents and um, promote business within the states, and again, utilize will be uh, you know is being built to scale into kind of all of these markets as as available. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Thomas Place. He's the CEO of Utilize. You can look at more about them at their website utilize.com, which is u-t-i-l-i-z.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Thomas Place, the CEO of Utilize. And I just want to correct the website for them. It's myutilize.com, which is U-T-I-L-I-Z.com. Welcome back to the show, Thomas. Thank you. So what has been the actual experience of people for the 15 years or so as to how much people are saving? And I mean, you'd think there'd be a lot of resistance to this whole deregulation pattern from the traditional utilities. What has been people's actual experience? 
So um, a lot of the, uh, you're absolutely right. Like I think originally they were met with a lot of, of resistance. And what's happened is the various regulators, the public um, services utility, the services commissions, etc. Um, they've really made it to incentivize the utilities to support this process, either through, um, you know, through through limiting, you know, the money that can be made on the actual electricity versus what they charge for kind of transmission and billing. Um, so it really kind of makes it that the actual selling of the power is no longer kind of a core part of their business. It's just, it's not where they make the money. Um, but, you know, the experience of people has been, I guess it depends on the individual. Um, you know, it, it used to be that you would have to go out, you would have to call up, figure out who the suppliers were in your area, call them up, find out who has the best rates, and do the enrollment yourself. And then again, remember how long your contract is, you know, continue to look at the, the market, and then as and when your contract's coming up for renewal, remember to switch again. Um, more and more states now are putting in what's called a rate board, which allows you to go and look up, you know, put in your zip code, and look up suppliers that are in your area and see who is kind of the most competitive. Um, again, so that's, that's something that people can do, right? And again, we tell people that, that it's something you can do yourself. And if you want to go out, do the research, do the enrollment, uh, you know, set the calendar reminder to do it again as needed in order to make sure that you, you save money, then, um, you know, by all means, please do so, right? It's the same way that, you know, people can go out and buy Microsoft stock today. But again, most people would use a financial manager to manage their portfolio. Um, and again, it's the same thing with us is we're at a price point where we think that people value their time and the peace of mind, um, you know, that, that comes with it. Um, that really justifies kind of you know the the, the benefit of our service and secondarily um, you know obviously we will never forget we have a technology product that doesn't allow us to we've you know streamlined the enrollment process to make sure there's no kind of errors and miskeying etc of information um, you know and and kind of made it so that it, it really makes sense but ultimately only a small group of people actually save money and these are people who are really diligent on this process, the vast majority of people end up overspending. For example, the Public Utility Regulator Authority, or Pura, in Connecticut put out a report each year that shows that the vast majority of people end up overspending, and actually overspending relative to them having taken no action. Um, which So it, it, it's a negative experience. I think uh, people have tried to take money, people have found that, um, you know, they've, they've found that they either haven't been able to they thought they were saving and they weren't, um, and you know they either haven't had the right information or the right you know tools to effectively do it. Um, and so I think you know there's there's been a lot of people that have been you know burnt by this, and a lot of people that we talk to when we tell them about the service, you know they're just you know open arms. I, I've been waiting for something like this for a long period of time, um, and you know I really want to kind of take this off my plate and give it to somebody who really kind of gets it and knows what they're doing. So the reason people have not been saving as much as they expected is they may have started off, started off with a good deal, but then the deal changed. They didn't notice, and they're paying more in the end because the deal changed. That's, I mean, that's, they may start off with a good deal, but it changes. Is that the idea? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I mean the deal essentially is the deal, right? They, there's a great rate, and again, everybody knows this. You, everybody listening to, to this show right now who lives in a, a state of, that, that allows electricity choice is probably sick of the door knockers, the cold callers, the people having handing them flyers as they're walking down the street. Everybody says we can save money on we well, save you money on electricity, and initially, by and large, they may, right? And I say they may, not they do, because a lot of the time they rely on the person that they're selling to, not actually being informed about what the current rates are. So they may be telling you you're getting a great deal and you're not, um, or they may actually be giving you a good deal for the initial duration. And again, the idea is you would go enroll and they'd want you to completely forget about them at that point in time and hope that when your contract's up, your four-month deal or your five-month deal, that you know they put you onto either a, a variable rate, which is you know higher than the utility, or they would actually move you up from you know to, a, to a, just a higher fixed rate uh, than what you were on. So again, it's it's tactics that have been used by by this industry for a number of years now that have fatigued people um, and look only I mean there's some amazing statistics only 20% of homeowners in New York actually participate in the third party market now 
only kind of 38% of homeowners in Connecticut do. Um, and that's actually declining because people have gone, they've tried, and it's either not worth their time or more often than not, they've realized that they've been, um, you know, they've been uh, overpaying. So what has been the state utility regulator's response to this bad experience? Well, I mean, they're trying to do a bunch of things here. So ultimately, the, the, the regulators are trying to regulate the behavior of the ESCOs so that, you know, they, in terms of their selling practices, in terms of, you know, the information that they provide, um, you know, they're trying to make sure that, you know, they, they behave by a, an increasing stricter, um, you know, set of rules. For example, in 2014, Connecticut outlawed variable rates and they capped kind of early termination fees at $50. Um, to try and make it so that it was easier to do a kind of apples to apples comparison. They spent a lot of money putting in the rate board, um, you know, so that people could go to one place and do a one-stop shop and really understand what's going on. They spent a lot of time changing the bill. Um, so in Connecticut, your utility is Eversource or uh, United Illuminating. On both bills now, it says in the top you know, left corner, what is your rate? Who is it with? When does your contract expire? What's your early termination fee? And what would you have paid if you'd had standard service? Now, the reason why I keep bringing up Connecticut is New York is nowhere near that mature. New York has variable rates. It's actually difficult from your bill to figure out, A, what the rate was that you paid. Um, you know, B, who your supplier is. It's often buried on page two or page three. And then when you're trying to look for a rate to compare, like, okay, I found my supplier, I saw I was paying eight cents a kilowatt hour. What would I have paid if I was on the standard utility? It's actually hard to find because it was, I mean, there will be a rate printed on the bill, but the way that it works in New York is they can change that rate retrospectively. They can say, okay, we thought that we, you know, eight, you know, 7.5 cents was the right rate, but the following month there'll be an extra charge tacked onto your bill, which kind of recoups the money from the last month if they didn't charge the right amount of money. So it's very confusing. Um, the regulators are trying to make it simpler. They're trying to make the process smoother. Um, and ultimately, in some states, there's pushback on the whole market. They're saying, look, this isn't working. Um, you know, it's not achieving the goals that we want it to achieve. And is this something that we should be doing? And then you have, you know, we, we have some good relationships within these uh, regulators. And the chief staffers that have put 20 years of their you know, time into kind of a first kind of telephone deregulation. And then, you know, they're seeing the same thing. They saw all of the bad practices when the phone companies got broken up and there was phone competition. And then that market eventually sorted itself out. And they're seeing the same growing pains within this market. And, you know, again, it's just, I think when we talk to them about us and our model, you know, they're, they're a government regulator and, you know, they look at us and they're like, wow, this is fantastic. This is something that you know, we've been hoping for for a long period of time. And they have the same view that we do, which is, you know, we are hopefully going to be the grease that makes this kind of market work for everybody. So there aren't other people like you. I mean, if your model works, supposedly there would be other people doing the same thing. But you're saying you have a technological edge over other people getting into doing exactly what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, we differentiate ourselves in a number of ways. Like, firstly, we have our intellectual property, which is the technology that we built, which allows us to manage a mass amount of customers at scale. Um, so that's really kind of the first thing. The second thing is our integration kind of with the suppliers and kind of automation of the, the whole, um, you know, bill, you know, historical usage, you know, bill collection, um, you know, uh, enrollment pieces that we do. Um, but again, there's other barriers to entry, right? It's hard to acquire customers in this space. The opportunity for us um, and the challenge is differentiating ourselves in the customer's eyes. Is We're not a power company. We're not just another one of those. We are something new. We are a customer advocate and a service. And so our brand, our customer service, and our product, and our relationships with you know, the regulators and the suppliers really are, are kind of what, they, they produce fairly significant barriers to entry for anyone else coming in to do this. We talked about variable rates and fixed rate. Does it always make sense to take a fixed rate? I mean, lately, in the last few years, oil prices and natural gas prices fell, so supposedly that should have been passed to customers and it would have been better to be in a variable rate. What is the choice between fixed and variable rates? So, I mean, firstly, obviously, there's predictability in your bill. A lot of customers that we have are on kind of these budget billing um, programs that the utilities offer that allow you to make sure that you know and can, can you know can predict what your bill is going to be. 
and it kind of levels out the billing for over kind of the 12 month billing cycle for the year. So fixed rates obviously can really help with that. Um, the you know the, the other thing is um, that you see ebbs and flows in the price. So you're absolutely right. The trend has been you know natural gas prices coming down over the last several years. Um, but you know the the ultimately there are seasonal peaks and troughs. So um, you know the seasonal uh, you'll see a seasonal rise. So obviously come winter when everyone's you know heat comes on, everyone's using natural gas. The price of natural gas, particularly in the Northeast, where the majority of the generation is natural gas uh, you know, supplied. Um, you know you, the prices go up, and you know you have a you know this peak. So for if you can get a fixed rate plan, I mean what we're doing right now is putting our customers on plans that are going to get them over the winter hump so that you don't want to be on variable rates as it spikes. Um, but then again, you know, it's, and then once the, once the rates come down again, typically the, the short duration fixed price plans, um, you know, become more competitive. They do come down with the variable rate. But, um, you know, so, so what we see is actually with these fixed rates, you know, people are, it's actually can be more competitive than variable for kind of four to six months either because it gets you over a seasonal peak or it's an introductory, an introductory rate that a supplier is offering, that an ESCO is offering to hook and entice customers, you know, with a view to either breaking even or taking a loss on that period of time, so that they, but with the idea that the customer is going to stay with them and they're going, to, uh, they're going to make money back later. Can you switch back and forth and, like, before the winter season go into fixed rate and then... When the winter season's over, go to variable rate, and then go back to fixed rate, and kind of kind of game the system that way. I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a couple of risks with doing that. I mean, ultimately, you know, if, as long as there's no early termination fees within your contract, you can switch conceptually up to one time per billing cycle. Um, you know, we really, you know, we don't see that that to essentially being an efficient, you know, way to to do this, but versus getting these shorter term kind of fixed rate plans. And again, we, we, we spend a lot of time looking at what we predict the forward rates to be, uh, the future rates to be, and we make sure that the plans that we, we uh, evaluate for people to enroll um, you know, are competitive and will save them you know, money, significant money, over, uh, over that period. I mean, the other problem with variable is you know, you've got to take into account potential events that happen that are going to you know, vastly change the prices in a short period of time. Like we had the the polar vortex of 2013, uh, you know, which made you know the natural gas prices go crazy. Uh, similarly, in you know down in Texas, um, you know several years ago, they had I think it was 72 consecutive days over 90 degrees, and again the prices went up to the point where um, you know it was just it would have eradicated any savings you had by trying to uh, you know by trying to play these variable rates. But again, um, you know as we you know, as we see the rates, we do have forward projections of what we think the rates are going to be. We do evaluate fixed rate price and variable price, uh, variable rate plans in order to get the best deal and maximize the savings for our customers. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Thomas Place. He's the CEO of Utilize. You can find more about him at his website, myutilize, U-T-I-L-I-Z dot com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Thomas Place, is CEO of Utilize. 
company helps you save money on your electric and gas bills. Their website, myutilize.com. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thank you. So let's just kind of go through the process. Somebody has a, uh, an existing electric and gas account. They want to save money. They go to myutilize.com. Kind of take us through the process of signing up, uh, how you figure out what the best deal is for them. It's a discussion. It's all done online. Just kind of describe how the process works. Right. So, so we really want to be as um, kind of fire, you know, as kind of uh, seamless as possible. We want people to be able to sign up um, and then almost, you know, forget that um, they have to worry about this. We take care of everything uh, for them. So, let me kind of talk you through uh, the process. So, if somebody wanted to join, uh, you know, utilize right now, uh, they'd go to our website, which, as you said, was kind of myutilize.com. Um, they would go in, they could, they've got a bunch of information on there about us, about the company, and about the benefits of the service. Uh, if they're ready to commit and sign up, they, they can buy it now directly on the website. Uh, they put in some basic information about themselves um, and would actually you know, put in their credit card information to be charged the, the first year subscription um, you know, up front. Um, and then what would happen is they would receive uh, several emails from us. Uh, firstly, it would be a request for them to send us their bill. Um, so there's certain things on the actual bill that, that we need that we would rather do the transcription for than have people try, you know, do it themselves, such as the account number. Um, you know, in, in Connecticut, it's a little more complicated. It's the account number and a name key and some other information off the bill. Um, so they would send that into us. You know, our system would transcribe that, get all the relevant information that we need. Um, and then, you know, what we have is, is our system has also got a... Um, you know, what the current utility rate is in that person's area, uh, what we think the utility rate is going to be over the next, you know, six months and nine months. Um, and also, you know, we've already loaded automatically all of the plans that are available um, for that person in that utility area. So we've either got the information directly from, you know, publicly available sources or, you know, we have a, a rate that we've negotiated kind of bespoke off market with, you know, a supplier or two. And, you know, we say, okay, based on, you know, this customer's usage, based on where they are, um, you know, we project, we, we project the savings and we find the best plan that maximizes that and we would enroll them. And this typically takes, um, you know, we, this typically, that whole process typically takes kind of less than kind of three, you know, four working days. Um, but then they would get another email from, uh, from us basically saying, hey, we've enrolled you in this plan with this provider. Uh, we estimate your savings to be X over the duration of this plan. So we estimate your savings to be $70 over the next four months or $100 over the next six months. Um, and then what would actually happen is they, they have a login. They will, we would have given them a login to the, their MyUtilize portal that they can go to the website and log in and look at you know, their information that we have on file, card on file, things like that, um, and also... Um, you know, all of their enrollment history, who we've enrolled them with, when, what we projected the savings to be. And then what we do is at the end of the plan, we actually go back and we say, all right, we thought the savings was going to be $100 uh, based on what we predicted the rates to be. Uh, now that that time has, has expired and we know the rates because they're now public event available information, we go back and say, were we right, right? And so what we're seeing is we may have said we're going to save $100. We go back and you've saved 105 or you've saved you know, 98 or whatever it might be. And again, what we do is, again, if we don't manage to save you at least the, um, the cost of your subscription relative to your standard utility, we'll actually credit that back to your account um, because we're so confident that we're able to and what we're seeing in the several hundred customers that we have already is that we are, you know, saving kind of on average for a residential customer kind of over $180, which is, you know, four times uh, the subscription, five times the subscription price. So people will not know up front how much they're actually going to save. There's an estimate that you make, but you don't know until six months later or so to see what actually happens. Like Correct. Yeah, I mean, we, we, have, we use a, uh, an algorithm to, to predict the rates, and it's, it's a little tricky. I mean, in New York, uh, we have an algorithm that we think is going to, is going to predict the rates to give us the most accurate uh, savings projection as, as possible. Um, and then again, we go back and we, we check and we validate it. Uh, but we often know that the plans that we're using are below, um, you know, the possible, um, you know, the possible uh, uh, rates that could, you know, be out there. And then again, it also depends on usage, right? You know, you may buy a second refrigerator or buy a, you know, electric car or something, install a hot tub, 
and your usage goes up, therefore your savings goes up. Or vice versa, your, we, your historical usage you had um, you know, in our system, maybe you go and do a, a full you know, home energy audit and install some, a bunch of hyper-efficient equipment. Your usage is going to drop, and if your usage drops, your savings will drop. Um, so really, I mean, really it's, 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 a numbers, it's, it's us trying to be as accurate as we possibly can and from our guarantees perspective, you know, we go back and we check what actually happens. But you know, and, and you know, not we don't do that based off our estimate. And this is based on electricity and natural gas. You do it as two separate things, or is it one account with both? So right now we offer electricity only um, because the two states that we're operating in, Connecticut, only allows choice for electricity. Uh, natural gas is the next extension uh, that we want to add onto our service offering. Um, but as you as you pointed out earlier, uh, Jordan. The, the prices of natural gas are really kind of at an all-time low right now. Um, and when we looked at, you know, how we wanted to expand and extend our business, um, you know, we really found that, you know, we would, we would actually struggle to be more competitive than a lot of the utilities for natural gas uh, because the price that they're able to offer is so low. And I think a lot of the, the, the people that are offering kind of third-party gas plans right now it's actually just really difficult for us to beat the utility on gas. Um, so it's still there. It's still part of our business design. It's part of the model. Um, you know, the system is designed to, to work with electricity and gas. Um, but it's just not a product that we've launched right now just because, uh, you know, we just don't think the value is there relative to electricity. Now, a lot of these ESCOs try to dis, um, differentiate themselves from other ESCOs by offering special programs, restaurant certificates, and other kinds of goodies. If you were to go with you, would you lose those kinds of extras, and, and is, is that worth giving up? So, I mean, ultimately, you wouldn't lose any of the um, any of the extras, right? We would still enroll you. Uh, ultimately, we do the um, we do the the selection and the enrollment. Um, once the enrollment's done, the relationship is really still between you and your ESCO and, and your supplier. So, if they had a a free you know restaurant certificate or a, a thermostat or what have you. Then you know that you would still get that. You wouldn't lose it. It's not like we would we would take it. But you know, obviously, the, these things. It's our view that these things are kind of uh, you know, the electricity is a commodity, right? Um, I view electricity like I view gas. I I don't care where I buy gas from from my car. Uh, whoever's cheapest, I will I will put it in there because by and large, it's all the same. Um, if you have electricity providers that are offering you gifts, you know, gifts or incentives. I mean, ultimately, it, it, there isn't such thing as a free lunch, right? It's baked into the rate. Um, so what we typically find is those that are offering, you know, a two hundred and fifty dollars smart thermostat or you know two hundred dollars worth of you know restaurant gift certificates, you know, are they really the most competitive rate? And what we see most of the time is is you know that, that that's not the case. How do the escrows make their money? So they make their money on a spread, right? So there's a there's kind of two prices. There's a, a wholesale price. And kind of a retail price. Um, so what ha would happen is they go. There's there's different kind of markets in the country uh, where these escos go to buy electricity on either a spot rate or they can buy kind of futures and forwards on this market. But typically they're buying the electricity for two, three cents or less per kilowatt hour, um, and they're selling it on for you know seven, eight, nine, or above, can be vastly above that. Um, and then they make their money based on the difference in that price, um, and you know that that money obviously has to account for all of their costs of customer acquisition, their costs of doing business, um, but everything they you know they they make money based on you using electricity and based on the difference between what they buy it for and what they sell it to you. And so there's a difference between them and what profit margin they're willing to accept and what their costs are. Yeah, I mean ultimately that it's a trading operation on the back end, right? So it's who is doing the better, who has the better strategy. Um, you know, who has the better strategy in terms of uh, being able to get the electricity that they need uh, based on their customer load profile, based on the, the obligations that they have, um, you know, and, and maybe they, they have a better trading department than the next guy, right? So there's always a competitive edge there to try and get the, the product at a lower price. Um, and then again, it's, it's what are they willing to accept? Are they willing to, um, you know, are they a smaller operation? I mean, a lot of these guys are actually very, very small, remarkably small uh, companies, um, you know, or are they a larger operation that has to support a higher cost base, or maybe they have more customers and can offer it that way? So that's really why and how they can kind of differentiate between them. And, and one of the things that we found with the ESCOs when we first kind of started talking to them and, and getting kind of 
agreements in place with them was, you know, they, they looked at us, you know, a little bit, you know, are you a good thing for my business? And I think the realization they've come to um, and that we've kind of worked with them on is that, you know, their cost of customer acquisition is so high and baked into their rate that we're actually great for them because we're bringing them customers at, you know, zero cost, which is why we're able to start you know, negotiating kind of bespoke rates with them. And a lot of them are willing to talk to us about putting in out a lower rate through us than they would typically uh, put out into the into the public because you know they don't have that cost of acquisition um, you know with accounts that come through Utilize. So that's a fact true that if if you you go through Utilize, uh, you're going to get a better rate than going to the same escrow directly. Uh, so you know they, I think you know let me let me just be very cl clear about that. There are certain suppliers uh, that we have a you know custom rates with. Um, you know there are certain suppliers that we don't. So depending on who's the most competitive at the time. Um, you know what we the rate we put you on may be the rate that you can you know get yourself. As we grow, um, you know, in terms of I said we're, we're several hundred accounts right now. Once we become several thousand accounts, obviously that gives us a lot more buying power. And yeah. Utilize kind of moves from being a a service, a concierge service, in order to kind of take this kind of uh, relieve you of the pain of having to do this yourself. And it really becomes a buyers club, um, you know, and that benefits all of our customers. And I think. Um, you know, it's it's something that is really kind of core to our business model to be able to do that and bring the price down for everybody. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Thomas Place. He's the CEO of Utilize. You can find out more about what he does at myutilize.com, which is U-T-I-L-I-Z.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Thomas Place, CEO of Utilize. Uh, you can find out more about them at their website, myutilize.com, uh, which is U-I-U-T-I-L-I-Z.com. Uh, Welcome back to the show, uh, Thomas. Thank you for having me. There's something new called community aggregation. Explain to me how that works, and, and is that a growing uh, trend? So um, community aggregation is actually something that's been going on in a couple of states, I think Ohio, uh, is pretty far along um, with it. And it's actually brand new to New York. Um, legislation was only put in place to support it uh, last year. Um, now, what community aggregation is, is um, the concept that instead of everybody going to shop for electricity on their own, um, a given municipality or group of municipalities can try to negotiate for every single meter in their jurisdiction. Um, so if you lived in, in a village of, say, that village could, um, you know, could then go and try, you know, they, ran, they run what's called an opt-out uh, plan whereby they would, you know, send out certain uh, required mandatory kind of notices to their uh, residences and their businesses 
And if the people, if they, 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 the residents didn't opt out, uh, they would be included in this negotiation, whereby all of the meters for a given village or town or, or what have you, um, you know, would be used, and they would try and negotiate one rate for the entire town or the entire village. Um, the benefits of this are, are somewhat obvious. They suddenly get instant buying power. Um, you know, from but having all of that load put together in kind of one negotiation versus just being one by one. Um, the downside is this: uh, these, uh, firstly, this is a fairly immature market. I know uh, there's a couple of pilots running right now in New York State, um, but the downside is that potentially, you know, these are longer term contracts. Um, you know, they are, you know, they will negotiate a good price. Um, what we've seen actually in the market in Ohio is. Is the price the best one that they can get, or is it just a hey, we've got a good price that's better than our standard service, um, you know, for our town? Um, you know, and could the people that have included in this got a better price on their own by using these kind of shorter term introductory rates and and what have you? Maybe. Um, and the other problem is you're really kind of turning over control of your supplier to you know your local kind of you know local government body, uh, which I think a lot of people would have concerns with. And, you know, you, you do lose some fidelity, like you may want renewable energy. Uh, your neighbor may not care about renewable energy and just want the cheapest price they can get. You know, they have to make certain choices that are blanket for the whole, um, you know, for the whole area. And, you know, you, you may actually lose out on some of the choices that you would, you know, you would typically have. So you don't, you, if your community adopts a community aggregation, can you opt out of it? I mean, you, or you have to go along with what your, your village is doing. You absolutely have to opt out, and that was, I think, one of the biggest uh, issues with this um, with this regulation is they went for kind of the mandatory opt out rather than the mandatory opt in, uh -huh. um, which actually is empowers the um, you know. And again, I, I think it can vary on a case by case basis, but if you do an opt out, obviously that you know it generally would get more people involved in the aggregation because people either don't read the mail. Uh, don't really understand what's going on. Don't react and respond in a pro you know, in a timely way. Um, but if you you know if you find yourself in one of these towns that's starting to do something like this, and you know you you think the process is right for you, then great. Typically, you can do nothing and be included in the aggregation. If you think this is something that you don't want, that is not right for you, then it's usually as simple as just replying back to the mailer. Or if the you know if 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 you didn't you know react to it timely the first time and you and you realize you're part of this aggregation and you want out, typically it's a, a you know go to your village hall, the town hall, um, you know whoever is is the contact that will be listed on your bill, and tell them that you no longer want to be part of this. It's a relatively simple process. Is this something utilized can help people figure out if it's better to be part of the aggregation or not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we, um, you know, again, our whole business model is we calculate savings based on, you know, your standard utility uh, and your standard way of doing, you know, like what, what would you have paid if you'd done nothing? And what did you pay through Utilize? And what was that difference? That's really a, the fundamental, uh, you know, the fundamental kind of policy and, and, and kind of core value of our business. Um, you know, what we're exploring now, and as I said, these community aggregations are very early stage. What we're exploring is how can we kind of benchmark savings against multiple benchmarks. So rather than just saying, you're in the Con Edison region, here was the Con Ed price for that load region, uh, and here's what you paid, and here's what your savings, is potentially if you are in a community aggregated area, um, we could offer you the, you know, the two benchmarks to say, you know, this is what Con Ed would have cost you, this is what you would have spent if you'd actually been part of your aggregation, this is what you did spend. Um, so kind of making it ultimately transparent. And then again, on a side note, one of the things that Utilize is trying to do as a business is actually help the towns uh, go through this aggregation process and, you know, get them, help them get the best possible rate for their residences. So not only can we help the individual, uh, or the individual subscriber to Utilize understand whether it's a good deal for them or not, uh, we're actually going to be helping the, the, you know, the towns and the larger entities make sure that what they get is a good deal. Indeed. So you, we've talked about both directions, where there's more states going to be deregulating, and yet there are some states that are not had a, their citizens have not had a good experience that may be taking it back. So, kind of, what is the general trend here? Is it going both directions at once? 
So, I mean, ultimately, I think the, 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 the main trend is more states are moving towards deregulation than away from it. I mean, there's the, uh, the, the kind of uh, horrendous story of California back in 2000 uh, where they deregulated, um, but it was actually with, you know, they were one of the first. They were an early adopter. They didn't have the benefit of lessons learned from, um, you know, from other states doing this. And there were some mistakes in the regulation, uh, certain things like they capped the price that you were allowed to charge for electricity to uh, to the actual end user, to the residents. And the problem with that was when you had the Enron scandal whereby they were shutting down power stations, you know, in the middle of peak season in order to drive up the wholesale price of electricity. You now had suppliers and their own state utility company that was buying high and selling low. And it actually bankrupted the state utility because of this. And I think because of that and, you know, other pieces... Um, you know that, that kind of went wrong with that regulation. You know their their you know their their government body rolled it all back and said, look, you know we tried, it didn't work. And a lot of states kind of learned from that. And when a lot of states implemented their own regulations, they they took you know the lesson learned from California, um, you know into 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 account. I mean the other thing is, I mean from a trend perspective, um, you know this is a trend where we think you know there's going to be more choice uh, to more states. Again, it's a it's a global trend. Um, but the other trend we're seeing is renewable choice, right? A lot of people um, have gone solar. Uh, a lot of people don't want to go solar either because they don't want the panels on their house, the large upfront cost, the fact that you're locked into a technology and a plan for a long period of time. What we're seeing is a lot of people saying, hey, I want to have renewable energy. I want to do what I believe is the you know, progressive and right thing for, you know, for, for my own personal reasons, but I don't want to, to, to put panels on my house. So, one of the things that Utilize offers, as well as a lot of the suppliers are now coming in with more and more choices around renewable energy. So not only can you say, I want green versus brown power, you can often say, I want solar, I want wind, I want wind that's locally you know, sourced here in the state. Um, you know, and that's really a trend that we're seeing in the industry right now. So just to sum all this up, tell people the difference between using a service like yours to save on electricity versus going in on their own. I mean, the, 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 the key difference is, you know, what is the value of your time? What is the value of your peace of mind? And, you know, can we, you know, we, we take risk out of the process. We make sure that you would never get burnt from the process. We take it, you, we, we give you the time back that you would spend in researching and enrollment, uh, and the peace of mind that goes with that. And frankly, you know, we, we, we believe that, you know, over the, the subscription period, we would actually be able to get you better savings, either through our uh, you know bespoke negotiated rates, or our ability to select plans based on you know our algorithms around what the future rates are going to be. Terrific! Thanks so much. So my guest this hour has been Thomas Place, the CEO of Utilize. You can find out more about him at his website myutilize.com, which is u t i l i z dot com, helping people save money in both New York and Connecticut, and soon to uh, expand around the country. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Money Answer Show, Thomas. Jordan, thank you so much for having me. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.